Hey, what's up, guys? Hope y'all are having an absolutely fantastic day. Here we are, stepping into day number six in, a, in this amazing journey, 21 days of prayer and fasting. What an opportunity for us. We're almost through one full week. Today, we're focusing on this idea of anointing. We're focusing on this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit as he guides us, as he moves us, as he directs us. Are we longing for that? Are we longing to be filled? You know, it was interesting having a conversation with a good friend not too long ago. We were discussing the idea of revival, praying for the opportunities, asking God to let his spirit rain down upon us so that we would experience him in an entirely new way and we would see lives transformed and communities completely and totally changed by his spirit. And it was interesting in the conversation that we were having. My friend made a really good point. He said, you know, oftentimes pastors and churches will pray for revival, but they really don't want it. Oftentimes they'll pray for a transformation and a change, but they really don't want it. And if the revival shows up, they kind of try to put God in a box. They try to limit when he arrives and when he can be involved in the hearts and lives and minds of the people. And as we've discussed over the last several days, and as you've hopefully experienced over the last several days during this time of prayer and fasting, you've recognized that God can't be placed in a box, that God cannot be bound by anything. He is completely and totally limitless. And so there's beauty in recognizing that he's still working in ways we can't grasp. It's, it's amazing to see when you pay attention to the stories in the Bible, every single one of them is unique. Every single one of them has a, a very specific purpose set aside by God to accomplish whatever was needed at that time, but also to speak to us and to teach us today. There's beauty in that. And that type of power and that type of influence and that type of impact only happens by God alone. So where do we find ourselves here today looking for this transformation, looking for this new outpouring, looking for this, this filling of the Spirit in our lives? The scripture passages that we're going to look at here are from Joel and from the book of Acts. Let me read for you Joel's passage. Then, after doing all of these things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit, even on servants, men and women alike. There's a longing for the power of the Holy Spirit to just manifest itself in our lives, to consume us and overwhelm us so that we can see this transformation. Now, when I think about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, Acts chapter 1 is, is the example that we have here where we see this because th this is just a reminder, but you'll receive power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Where and when and how does all of this take place? The power doesn't come from us. The power comes from God. We'll receive power when the Holy Spirit is upon us. And this is a power that transforms lives. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's not about what we're bringing to the table. It's about what he's already done. And then what is that power there for? It's so that we can be witnesses to, to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's so that we can be witnesses in our local community and begin to expand out and share the gospel throughout the entire world. That's one of the beautiful things I love about our church and about our community when we start paying attention to what God is doing here. We see the love for one another. We see the sense of unity and the sense of purpose here as we, as we care for each other, as we support each other, as we pray for one another. 
as we're there to correct one another if needed. But there's always a sense of unity and purpose and understanding that it's always about Jesus. The book itself, the Bible is all about Jesus. And we carry that message and that hope and that purpose and everything that we say and do. And then that expands out throughout the missionary world. Had a chance to, to meet again with some of our missionaries Lloyd and Connie Rogers, who are down in Cali, Columbia, they're here in the States right now. And it was amazing to just be able to talk with them for a couple of minutes and have them share with us in the next coming weeks and the next few weeks during a Sunday morning worship service. There's hope in seeing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That is, that is what we're seeing taking place. That is what we get to be a part of is the, the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. Now, we talk about this idea of anointing. Now, what does anointing mean? Anointing, when you look at it from a biblical context, when you start paying attention to it, began with this idea of using oil. Now, that became the emphasis that we would focus on. You look at the book of James, and it talks about those who are sick, if they're sick, to come and anoint their heads with oil. Uh, and the elders of the church are to pray over them. The pastors of the church are to pray over them. And it's fascinating because we know that the, the power is not in the oil. The power is in, is in God and, and in the obedience to God and what he's laying out and what James was teaching them, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the, the, the initial meaning of anointing was simply to pour oil over top of the heads of sheep or animals that you might have. Why? To keep the bugs away, to keep the, the irritants away from them so that they were protected. The idea is to be consecrated, to be set apart in all of this. Now, one of the passages that I love talking about this idea of anointing, talking about this idea of consecration, occurs in Joshua chapter 3. Now, you remember Joshua took over after Moses. Moses had died in Deuteronomy chapter 34. God had buried him. And now it's time for Joshua to step into a position of leadership and try to fill those shoes. And can you imagine the stress that, that would have been overwhelming us at that time, looking at the truth that you're having to follow Moses, who's been leading them for 40 years? In Joshua chapter 1, we see the command by God, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And there's truth to that. Now, Joshua was very obedient to God. So when we get to chapter 3, they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River across from the city of Jericho. And that's going to be their first task. But they've got to get across the Jordan. And God's going to have them cross on dry land. But he sets out a requirement for them. You have the priests, those who are handling the Ark of the Covenant. They have to get into the water first, a thousand, uh, almost over a half a mile ahead, a, thou a thousand yards. It's 2,000 cubits. You're talking a thousand yards ahead of everybody else. They have to step into the water in the Jordan River, and not until they step into the water will God begin to pull the water back. Now, what's fascinating is the day before that, God gives them a command. He says, I want you to go, and I want you to consecrate yourself for tomorrow something amazing is going to happen among you. Set yourself apart. Prepare. Get ready. There's the sense of anointing as the Spirit of God moves upon them. And then when you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, there's this anointing, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this anointing that is absolutely beautiful as, as they're consumed, as they're overwhelmed, as they experience this power to share the gospel everywhere that they go. And it's a power that would motivate them and move them, even in the midst of the most dangerous obstacles that they could possibly ever encounter. I mean, you look at what they endured. You look at what the, the disciples endured to the death. Every single one of them was brutally killed, with the exception of John, who it was boiled in oil and then, and then isolated, set in exile to the island of Patmos before he has this, this revelation from God. Every one of them was tortured, beaten, crucified upside down. There was something agonizing and horrible, and yet they never denied Christ. They consistently preached and teached the truth of the gospel. That only happens when the power of the Holy Spirit is 
moving, living, actively transforming us. And that's what our prayer is right now, that God would fill us with his spirit as we step into 2023 and the activities that we have going on and the, and the ministries that we're continuing to build, that we're continuing to build upon, that the spirit of God would guide us in that, that it wouldn't be about ego, it wouldn't be about, about us, it would be about Jesus and that he would be glorified and that most importantly we would see the lives of people around us and in our communities being transformed by the spirit because there's something absolutely beautiful in every part of that. So let me read this passage for you once again from the book of Acts, chapter 1. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Today, pray that the Holy Spirit would fill us, and that all that we say and all that we do would be guided by him. Pray that the church would bear fruitful witness and for revival to be brought to us in our communities, in our states, in our nation, and around the world, and to embrace it when it shows up. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we come to you again and thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for the hope we have in you and the salvation that comes through Jesus alone. Father, we pray to be filled with your spirit, to be consumed by you, Father, that you would be enough. We pray as we step into these ministries, as we step into these opportunities in 2023, that our desire and passion would be for you alone, that any obstacles put up by the devil would be removed, and that our passion would continue to grow, and that our desire for you would continue to grow, and that we would have the courage, guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, to share the gospel everywhere that we go. Lord, we pray for our church. We pray for revival to break out. We pray, Lord, for this outpouring that would change the lives of millions. I've already shared, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm praying for 100 people to get saved right here. Why not pray for 200 to get saved? Let's pray for 200 people to get saved this year at church. I'm praying for 1,500 people to be actively engaged in ministry here. God, help us to be obedient. Help us to share the gospel. Help us to be excited about evangelism and discipleship and, and service and loving one another. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. Guide us, lead us today and every day. May all that we do be pleasing to you, for it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for taking time out again to embrace day number six in this absolutely amazing journey, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Know that you're loved. Know that you're constantly being prayed for. May God guide you. May God direct you may his spirit fill you each and every day and i can't wait to get back together again tomorrow when we pick up with day number seven in this 21 days of prayer and fasting have an absolutely fantastic day bye